Hello, everyone, and welcome to our monthly podcast entitled Bull and Bear for 2024. It is the 15th of January. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Niles Sexton and Alex Byrne. Financial markets have started the new year with something of a hangover following a riotous end to 2023. This year, markets are likely to remain transfixed by familiar stories, the path of inflation, how fast interest rates will fall from multi-decade highs, and the scale of any growth slowdown. The returns for the year will likely balance on how the data fall out. Today, we will look at bull and bear points for markets for this year, as well as the possible impact of elections as almost half the population of the world goes to the polls. But first, Alex, perhaps you could give us more colour on how the major asset classes performed over the turn of the year. Morning, Lorna. Of course, after one of the most significant Santa rallies in decades, the market took the first week of the new year to pause for breath. December was synonymous with a substantial reconsideration of interest rates and the likelihood of major central banks to cut these in 2024. Effectively, the same thing that's broadly driven markets over the last three years. Following this, the market seemed to spend the first week rowing back or at least consolidating to find a new natural level. Equity markets were off around 1.5% by the end, with a similar level for global bonds, taking some of that steam out of the momentum at the end of the 2023 rally. In the last week, however, we've had some more divergent moves between markets, with most equities and bonds remaining at the levels they were at, or in the case of Asia and EM, falling further. Whereas for the S&P and Japanese equities, the market's gone back into its euphoria of December, with the S&P now positive again for the year. That's very useful. Thank you. If we could have a little more context, though, before we continue. Niall, it would be helpful to get an idea of the vision of the future that markets seem to be embracing at the end of last year. Yes, markets became euphoric towards the end of the year, grasping at the hopes that the Fed would cut rates as fast and as hard as it had raised them. Prerequisite for this would be a steady fall in inflation, a soft or what the Fed called smooth landing in the economy, i.e. no recession or drastic spike in unemployment. That is certainly a very benign vision. And as that vision evolved, the higher for longer mantra for interest rates suddenly became a thing of the past. Now, how do you view the market's strong reaction to a simple adjustment in Fed rhetoric late last year? Yes, Fed rhetoric became less hawkish towards the end of last year as inflation continued to slow down and there were signs the US economy was also cooling. With $6 trillion of dry powder sitting on the sidelines via cash and money market funds, the market was ready to get behind a bullish narrative. There is nonetheless a glaring mismatch between the Fed's dot-plot expectations of three 25 basis points cuts in 2024 and a similar move in 2025 to the markets rapidly pricing in six cuts for 2024 alone, which would equate to 150 basis points for the year. Yes, and it's no wonder the reaction was so positive. Has the Fed chair, Jay Powell, attempted to regain control of the rhetoric? Barely a month ago, he was suggesting that the Fed would raise rates again if the data dictated that they should. Yes, that's correct. Multiple officials at the Federal Reserve have warned that financial markets have jumped a little bit ahead by penciling in early interest rate cuts this year, and that rates need to be or need to stay higher for longer if inflation does not continue to slow down towards their target of 2%. This is all an attempt by the US central banks to rein in the exuberance that had driven up both stocks and global equities towards the latter half of 2023. And there has been an impact. Markets have cooled a little in response to those words. Alex, you mentioned earlier we've seen a dramatic rally in the US Treasury bond markets. Where do you think this will go from here? Yes, the yield on the US 10-year dropped from 5% to below 4% in a matter of weeks as their prices rose. Coinciding with this, 
the re-evaluation of the potential for interest rate cuts in 2024. Perhaps the market got a little bit ahead of itself, but given the backdrop of falling interest rates, the rally could continue at a more moderate pace. This really depends on the direction of inflation, which is falling, but elements within the overall number are expected to be far more sticky and stable and remain at those high levels for the foreseeable period. The second thing which impacts upon this is the US labor market, which in the main has been stable and strong throughout. It's important to have the context of history also. Rates are currently not high compared to historic standards, but versus this time two years ago, we're closer to 1.5% than we were from 4.5%. But in essence, the bull case for the bond markets this year demands this backdrop of falling interest rates. Indeed. And on the flip side, the bear case would be the absence of rate cuts or indeed a rate hike. All that takes is for inflation to pick up slightly or even stop dropping at the pace it is, or the labour market to see some concerns. Indeed, the latter of those is certainly seen as unlikely in the eyes of the market. But practically, the market constantly front runs the central bank unless the direction is effectively a done deal. Investors continually trend rates up higher or trend rates down lower than the central bank guides that they will be. It should not be seen as a surprise, therefore, if expectations do come in from where they are now. Nonetheless, there is clearly a sense that bond yields have peaked for this cycle, which is bullish and also supportive for the equity markets. Now, the US equity markets put in a very strong performance, as we've mentioned, late last year. How do we rate prospects for 2024? Yes, that's correct. The S&P 500 rose 14% over November and December, which left the index trading on a 12-month forward P ratio of 19.5 times, which is just above the five-year average of 19 times. Looking forward, Wall Street is mostly convinced that the Federal Reserve will reach its goal of a soft landing in the US for the US economy. That means there will be a moderation in economic growth, but no recession leading to interest rate cuts throughout the year. In that environment, most analysts predict improved corporate earnings growth for the S&P 500, which now stands at 11.8% for the full year. As for how stocks will perform, 2024 forecasts for the S&P 500 vary widely, but the consensus seems to fall in around a range of 8-9%, to which is slightly below the average of 10% gain, but still strong. Within that, artificial intelligence is widely considered to remain a key investment team throughout the year. Yes, that will be a key investment theme to watch. What then would be the bear case for US equities? Bear case broadly pivots around stickier inflation, resulting in rate cut expectations being pushed out, or worst case scenario, a new rate hike cycle beginning. Potential catalysts for such an environment are geopolitical risks, which could halt the disinflation trend, along with any escalation in current conflicts putting upward pressure on energy prices, which would also be inflationary. And furthermore, current wage inflation is still too high, implies that inflation won't come down to 2% that easily or quickly. And elsewhere, looking at growth in the US, forecasts for 2024 are slow. And as demand is noticeably slowing, which is particularly visible in household savings, a growth contraction would hit earnings and put pressure on US equities. Yes, indeed. But this would not be our central case. Well, this wouldn't be our central case. However, for now, we do maintain a neutral view on US equities. They've been through a period of strong absolute and relative performance, which has been led by, in many instances, the Magnificent Seven. We find it hard to see this continuing. And as a result, we don't envisage a material performance differential between the major global equity regions in the near term. But from what you've told us, there is still, though, plenty of scope for market uncertainty. On the other side of the world, the Japanese equity market has started the year well. Would you say the outlook there is a little more predictable, Alex. 
Yes, we remain positive and constructive on Japan. There are some large, medium-term fundamental trends in Japan which should act as a tailwind over the next three years or so. And certainly, if we look at the bear case for Japan, the balance looks positive with far more weight being given to those constructive factors. On interest rates, clearly Japan is in a completely different environment than other Western economies. One of their main aims is not to stifle inflation that's taken so much time to ignite. However, the market there has been driven by the movement of US Treasury yields. Recent downshifts there have been very good for Japanese equities, so we could expect these to continue. So what further adjustments have we made to our tactical asset allocation based on our central case? We very recently moved back to neutral overall across almost all asset classes. We aim here to cement some of the gains that we made from our overweight position in equities at the end of last year, but without shorting the market through an underweight. The potential for disappointment increases, and after benefiting recently, we have the comfort to be proactive in crystallizing some of those returns with the potential to move into market consolidation. Secondly, it's clear global risks are growing, increasing conflicts around the Middle East, Chinese property staunchly negative, and the slowing in global growth all influence us to be momentarily prudent. Having reduced this risk, we've moved neutral also in EMD and high yield from an underweight position. Elsewhere in bonds, we maintain our neutral stance, the bear case here for the time being at least, seeming increasingly unlikely. Yes, thank you for that. We can't go there without a mention of this extraordinary number of elections lined up for 2024. Niall? Yes, 2024 will be the biggest global election year in history. More than 60 countries representing half the world's population will go to the polls in 2024, voting on presidential, legislative and local elections, all with varying levels of importance. Clearly, the main event will be the US presidential election on November 5th. This is likely to carry the greatest consequence for global trade as well as geopolitics. And as always, uncertainty over binomial results can often lead to market volatility. It sounds like we have a fascinating year ahead of us. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna.